What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Back Office Outfront, the podcast covering the corporate army behind the athlete. I'm your host, Adam Bernstein, and on today's episode, we have Magdalena Muneo, the multimedia producer for Close Up 360. Close Up 360 is a media brand focused on the NBA, but with a big, big twist. They don't cover any of the on-court action. All of their content, ranging from photographs and articles to long-form docu-series, covers what NBA players do away from the game, off the court, in the areas of business, community, culture, and global impact. As the multimedia producer, Magdalena is somewhat of a Swiss Army knife, working with players throughout all stages of the development of their story. We discuss a unique path to the sports world, with a couple stops around Hollywood beforehand along the way, and working with various public figures ranging from Ryan Gosling to Fred Van Fleet. All of this and more on this episode of Back Office Outfront. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Back Office Outfront. I'm your host, Adam Bernstein, and today I have Magdalena Muneo from Close Up 360. Magdalena, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Thanks for having me. I am wonderful. Thank you for coming on. So usually how I like to start out is with my uh, guest time at school. So I'm curious as to what you did both inside and outside of the classroom while at USC. Yeah, so um, at USC, I was an English major and my minor was screenwriting. So I was heavily sort of focused on writing. I think for me, storytelling had always been something that I was just really drawn to. So Mm -hmm. I figured I'd study that. And um, so inside the classroom, I I worked a lot on storytelling and I was in a lot of workshop classes um, because my emphasis was actually creative writing. So I got to really interact with, you know, other people and, and, and just create really, really practice sort of my creativity. And I love that. And I was also in the film school with the, with the screenwriting minor. Yeah which was also great. I loved that too. And then outside of the classroom, um, I was in student government. So I was in a philanthropy funding committee as well as a community affairs committee. And that, that also kept me really busy. And then I also had an internship at Participant Media, which is just like a production financing company in the film industry. And I had a job at the Annenberg School of Communication oh, and yeah. Journalism. That's awesome. So I was like so stretched then, but yeah. it was it was it was really great. And I and I honestly I look back with like the fondest memories of my time at USC. Yeah, that's awesome. And USC obviously has a world class film school, but you said that you spent some time minoring in there. Was the film industry always your plan going to school or did that kind of develop during your time at USC or how does that whole thing work? So I had originally thought I wanted to major in film, but then yeah. I kind of discovered I was like, oh, I really don't like, you know, the production side. I mean, I, I just loved more the writing and I, right. and I decided, you know what, let me just focus on that. So I, I sort of switched gears and that's why I, I picked up the English major and I um, dropped the film major and then I picked up the screenwriting minor. Mm-hmm. So yeah, film was sort of always my, my goal. And it's funny because my entire life, I've just always been a, a huge sports fan since I was young. And my, my family used to always be like, why don't you work in sports? Why don't you work in sports? And I was just like, no, I, like, I, I want to do the film thing. So um, it's kind of ironic now that I'm working in sports after working in film. So yeah. got got to do a little bit of both. Yeah. And I know that you had a brief, not a brief stint, but a stint in the film industry before you got to yeah. close up 360 and really went into the sports world. Can you just take us through a bit of what you did before you have the job that you have today? 
Yeah. So like I said, I had that um, internship at Participant Media. And at the time, the CEO, his name was Jim Burke, and he had a sister who was a creative executive at Universal Pictures in, in the marketing department, theatrical marketing. So all the films. And he, she was looking for somebody like a coordinator, like just someone to sort of help her out. And um, he referred me over there. And then uh, I worked for her for, gosh, a year and a half, I think. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it. But um, just being a part of like a massive studio like Universal was really special to have the back lot, you know, out the outside my window and right. just kind of like run around back there and see, you know, films being, you know, produced and made outside my office it was fun and when I got to do a lot of cool things but um it sort of made me realize that I I wanted to be more um in the trenches like making the content I felt yeah. like working in marketing you get the product so you get it when it's already made so I was like I felt too far removed and I wanted to be you know like more in in the production and in the filmmaking development side so I kind of put some feelers out there and I found a job with a movie producer named Joel Silver and his production company, Silver Pictures. And I worked for them for, I was his first assistant for three and a half years. And it was a crazy wild ride working for such a huge name in the film industry. But we had, you know, a great time. We made a few movies and I got to have the on set experience and we're you know seeing movie stars all the time and taking meetings with you know huge a-listers and directors and filmmakers and that was surreal and such a learning experience all you know those memories will stay with me forever do you have one or two people who you were especially starstruck by Starstruck by, you know, I wouldn't say I was ever starstruck. There was no, never anyone that I was like, oh my God, I can't, like I feel yeah. like <laughs> paralyzed or anything. Um, but it's funny, my, my, so my boss used to have this pretty um, famous Memorial Day party and I would have to call all the guests to see like who's coming and mm-hmm. just check on RSVPs. And one of those guests was Reggie Miller. Wow. So, so it wasn't even a movie star. It was a basketball player. ironically. Yeah. So I called him and he picked up the phone and he was just like the coolest guy. So nice. And he was just like, you know, asking me how I was, which was like, you know, for an assistant, it's like, why would you, you know, he was yeah. just cool. So, um, that was one moment I was like, wow, that was a really That's cool awesome. moment. And then we, um, I tell the story to my friends all the time and they think I'm such a weirdo, but (laughs) (laughs) I, we made a movie with um, Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe called the Mm -hmm. nice guys in 2016. And Ryan was just the coolest guy. Russell was very cool too. But on the way home, we, we did like a press tour through Europe and on the way home, we flew on a private jet and they, they made like these beds on the jet for us. Awesome. And I, my bed was like right next to Ryan. So I was like, I'm sleeping next to Ryan Gosling. It was like kind of a funny thing to say, but it was cool. It's real life once upon a time in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm personally a huge Knicks fan. So I don't always have the best associations with Reggie Miller. But... Oh, yeah. Um, and then kind of transitioning into your time now with sports. I'm curious how working with stars like Ryan Gosling and these A-list directors, singers, whatever in Hollywood, Mm-hmm. is different and similar to working with these public figures and athletes as they're both, you know, 
in the spotlight 24 seven and how dealing with personalities or whatever may be is both similar. Yeah. Um, I would say they're similar in a sense that like, you know, with, with certain ones, with a lot of them, the work ethic is, is mm-hmm. really what matters and you see it in athletes and you see it in, in actors and actresses. It's like, you can tell who's good because they work on their craft. And, um, the difference is, I guess I could say athletes seem a little more um, relaxed, perhaps, mm-hmm. and a little more reserved. I think, you know, people who are on TV and on screen are, that's, you know, their personality is to be personable. Right. That makes sense. <laughs> so they're, they're very quick to, like, turn on the charm and know how to, like, you know, work the room, whereas athletes when you're sitting down with them and trying to get them to open up about something personal it's a little harder maybe for them to feel comfortable and to you know turn it on as quickly as maybe somebody in the film industry right no that makes a lot of sense and yeah and then transitioning into what you're doing today how did you find jared and close up 360 and then for those who don't know can you explain what close up 360 as a whole is yeah, so um, I had known Jared a few years prior to him bringing me on to Close Up 360. My One of my good friends knew him, and she was like, you're a writer, Jared is a writer. Jared used to write for like Bleacher Report and yep. a few other um, sports media outlets. And she was like, you guys are both writers, you should meet. So we had met up, and we remained friends. And he just told me, he was like, I'm starting this company, and I, you know, I think it'd be great if you could come on. And Initially, I think he thought maybe he sort of thought maybe I'd just be a writer for the brand, and and um, I was like, sure, that would be great. But then at that time, kind of funny enough, my my job with Joel Silver and Silver Pictures was kind of it. W- it was just t- it was very obvious that I needed to leave. Like yep. they they weren't doing so well, and I was like, okay, I think it's just time for me to like call it. Right. So. Um, and we and that was like ended very amicably, and so that was totally cool. But right. when I left, Jared was like, "Why don't you come on and help, and you know, like really be a part of the team?" And I was like, "You know what? Let's do this." I've always wanted to work in sports, and and he knew that I had sort of different resources and, and connections that I could work um, and to sort of contribute that were different from others on the team. So that's kind of how that went. And then it just sort of evolved from there. So my my role is a multimedia producer, and Jared kind of calls me like this utility tool. I just use mm-hmm. for whatever whatever we need. Like, you know, I I do write, I do produce some of our content. Um, I'm also a connector. Like, it's just through my network over the years. I I know athletes, I know trainers and coaches and managers. So it's always, you know, been handy knowing those people and in terms of finding content, finding a story and, and making those connections. Yeah. And then just backing up a bit, could you explain exactly what Close Up 360 is and how it's different? Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. You did ask that. No problem at all. So yeah. So Close Up is a, is sort of, um, like a lifestyle brand, I would say, but it's also something that, um, it's, it's really, it's really for the fans. It's, it's for people who really care about these players and who they are off the court and, and, we don't report on the games. Like we're not, we're not going to be, you know, we don't have beat writers. It's more like um, players. So it's close up 360 players world off the court. And mm-hmm. we cover, um, you know, sort of like human interest stories about the players and their lives and what they're up to, whether it's a charity, whether it's like a family story or, 
you know, it's just, they're very personable so or personal rather. So it's, it's really sort of a window into these players' lives and, and getting to share another side of them that you don't see, you know, in an ESPN article or, you know, in a whatever stats report. Right. No, that's awesome. And I think backtracking a second, it's really awesome what you said about find like you were kind of not in a rut per se, but you saw like the writing on the wall in a sense in one job and then you went back to sports, which is something that you knew really well. And I've heard that time and time again and that I kind of didn't know what to do next. Then I went back to what I knew best, which is sports. And that's an awesome, awesome thing. Yeah. And, and it was, it kind of just finally made sense. My family was like, okay, now you're working for sports. It's like, it's about time that you did this. So yeah, no, that's great. It was, I'm glad I had the opportunity and especially the way I did, I didn't have to like, you know, go looking for it. It kind of came knocking. Right. No, that's awesome. And I'm curious, do you have a favorite or most interesting project that you've worked on thus far? With close-up, um, yeah. so many, gosh. Um, last summer, we did this video project with um, Boban, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that Everyone's was really favorite. fun. And he's just so funny. Like he's, <laughs> and I don't, I don't even know, part, like if he fully knows that like, that he's being funny. I know that yeah. he knows, like. <laughs> his accent and like the fact that he's foreign we, people, we, you know, we as Americans can find it a little bit funny, but like, he's actually just funny. And, and I remember leaving, um, we filmed in this restaurant downtown just across the street from the Staples center. Mm-hmm. And I remember leaving thinking like, I've never laughed so much because I was just <laughs> cracking up. And I think like you can hear me laughing in, in the background in some of the videos. Cause it's just like, yeah, he's just hilarious. So that one was really fun. Um, I also, last summer I interviewed Fred Bambley and that was, mm-hmm. he was just such a cool guy. So, you know, I think what helps and what makes some of the, you know, for me personally, some of my stories really great is when, when a player can really open up and feel open to share. And Fred did that. He, yeah. You know, he was, he was telling me about the moments of like what it felt like laying there on the court when his tooth was busted and he had blood coming right, down right, his right. face. Like, you know, so he's just, it was really great just to hear him open up and, and share, you know, a lot about his life and his personal journey playing basketball. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm also curious about Boban and Fred Van Fleet are, you know, names that people know if you're a sports fan and if you're a basketball fan, but not necessarily household names to those besides that. And I'm curious if how the process differs, if at all, with working from someone who might not be as well known to working with the likes of a Chris Paul or Kamala Anthony or the people who I've seen you work with in the past. Yeah. I mean, we, we, if you um, look at our website and see some of our content, a lot of it, they're not names you would know. So, right. so like, that's kind of why I say it's really for the fans. It's really for people who are interested and want to find that content. But yeah. when you dig a little deeper and you do sort of read these stories and watch these videos, you'll see that it is really compelling content. It's really interesting. And it, and it may not be someone that you follow who's, you know, an all-star and, and a household name, but someone who was like a really interesting and and um, different story than, than what you would hear elsewhere. Yeah. Um, I, well, I was just going to say, yeah, I did a, I did a story with Dorian Finney-Smith. He mm-hmm. was with the, the Mavs. So, he had a really crazy story about um, what sort of caused him to start to go to see a therapist. 
And that was the fact that when he was young, his brother was shot and killed right in front of him. Wow. And he never told, he never told anyone. Uh-huh. He obviously everyone knew that his brother had been killed, but he never told his mom that he had witnessed it. And his coach in college was like, just somehow got it out of him. And it was just this journey for him. He was like, I never knew that I was holding that in and, and going to therapy and, and seeing, talking to someone about that was, was so, you know, such a relief. So, you know, like it's stories like that, that make you, you know, sort of put things into perspective and see like, you know, he's not a household name, but he's got an amazing story and, it, and it's interesting. And it was really cool to hear that. Yeah, no, I think that's amazing because like it's been documented time and time again that, for example, you know, LeBron James is just a kid from Akron, things like that. Right, but right. The stories of a bunch of the lesser known players who are equally yeah. as beloved by a lot of fans aren't as known. Mm-hmm. I think that's an awesome thing that you guys are doing. And yeah. um, let's see. So how also did the NBA coming to a halt? Obviously, the NBA is your main and maybe solo source of content. How did the mm-hmm. NBA coming to a halt? Uh, help or hinder the content and also athletes have obviously been pursuing all these different passions off the court, social justice, things like that. How has your process and content changed in the last couple of months? Yeah. So it's been, I mean, as you can see with really all sort of streams of, you know, content, it's, it's all now it's zoom, it's FaceTime, it's like TikTok. it's, it's different. And it's hard because we haven't been able to interact and like, really get in there and capture the content that we want to. But, um, you know, we're making do and we're looking forward to a time where we can film again soon. And I think there will be, you know, some projects coming up that we hope to film in person, but, Mm -hmm. you know, sort of at a distance with masks and gloves and the whole thing. So it's different, but I mean, it, I think it's also shown, it's also given us the opportunity to, for, for athletes, to you know personally um show a side of their lives that's different like seeing seeing a lot of the guys tiktoks that's fun and but also just seeing them do like these lives i can't tell you how many notifications i was getting for the longest time where it's like so-and-so is going live with so-and-so and it made for such good content it was like really it was funny it was um interesting you'd learn something different so mm-hmm and I think that another byproduct, especially of COVID and sports coming to a halt, has that been more, you know, mainstream media, typical ESPN type news sources have been covering athletes off the court, obviously yeah. highlighted yeah. by The Last Dance, things like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I'm curious how you think that these mainstream bands that are focusing on it more, A, have been doing and B, will affect you guys and maybe C, we'll go back to um, the more typical content once COVID ends and the world's back to normal with online sports or they will continue to do it past that. That was a lot. Sorry. Well, I, no, no, you're good. So I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. I think, I think that um, even pre COVID, I think I, I started to see, you know, if you really looked at what athletes were doing, a lot of, a lot of basketball players, NBA players specifically, and even, you know, other professional athletes have really been gravitating toward, sort of creating their own personal brand, creating mm-hmm. their own content. I mean, you see it in big athletes like Katie and, and LeBron on the shop and, you know, you see it, but there's also these even smaller athletes, small or lesser known rather athletes that are really trying to, to find a voice that they can you know, sort of set apart and, and right. create their own content on their own. So, um, 
you know, I think it's different than it used to be. I mean, it used to be more just like you look at a guy like Kawhi Leonard, who's just like, I just want a ball. That's all I want to do. But I think, you know, a lot of athletes are realizing like, well, what can make me more marketable? What can make me, you know, what can help me in terms of being a well-rounded athlete and not just on the court, but what's going to make me stand out to brands and, 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 you know, other sources of media, even beyond playing, because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of the guys are starting to think about, well, what am I going to do after this? And, and, you know, I have a friend who's a professional athlete who says, who's still playing, but says, you know, it's not even about playing for me anymore as much as he loves it. It's more like, what, what can I do beyond that? And how can I help myself get to that point and prepare for that? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's super interesting too. Obviously, like you said, some of these big name guys, you know, Steph has unanimous media and KD has the mm-hmm. boardroom and 35 Ventures and LeBron and all that. But there really has been a trend, even as small as athletes start on their own podcasts and things like that, of just getting their voice out there. And I'm, do you, are you guys in the podcasting space or no? No, close up is not. We're not currently. Okay. Yeah, because I've seen so many trends of athletes starting their own podcasts. I think it's yeah, awesome I know they do. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. I think it's good and bad. I mean, it sucks for those guys that are quiet and timid and don't really want right. to open up. But but it really does. I think I think it it positions them better as as athletes and as you know think someone to market when when they are personable when they have something to say and they have a voice and they're good at making content so it's it's a pro and a con but it's definitely different from what it used to be it used to just be like well I'm I'm an all-star athlete right no I mean now now it pays more if you can do more than that so It's been said time and time again that everybody is now their own media brand. And I think it's true, yeah. ever, especially with athletes. Yeah. A um, lot of them are trying to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing I'd like to ask before I let you get out of here is from someone who wants to work in the sports world and from a perspective of yourself, A, having started out away from the sports world and then finding your way into it, do you have any suggestions, any tips, any highlights of things like that of how you think to get into a position like where you are today? Um, something that I, I think I learned from my time at USC and I've Mm -hmm. sort of carried it with me all throughout. And I think it's applicable to this question is, um, networking is so just so huge Yeah, and not in a sense that it's like networking to try to get a job. Like it's, it's more like being personal with people and connecting and, and, and maintaining relationships. I mean, it's, it's a lot of work, but, but if you meet someone, just maintain that relationship. You never know where it could lead. It could be mm-hmm. like years down the line that it works out that you guys can collaborate on a project or one might need the other. But just everywhere you go, and, and it, especially for sports, spend time around the sports. Like if you want to work in media, spend time around the media, make friends with, with other you know, people that work in the media. And um, yeah, I guess just really network is, network is huge. I think mm-hmm. it's... I think it's a very undervalued, underutilized resource that people don't necessarily realize. <laughs> yeah, no, and I've experienced that firsthand because I've talked to so many amazing people on this show so far and hope to talk to more, but it's hard to, I don't want to say find an excuse, but to an extent find an excuse to reach back out and stay in contact. And I think it's- Yeah, I mean, yeah, and, I, and I, I hear you loud and clear. I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, they probably forgot about me or it doesn't really matter. But it's like, you know what? What do you have to lose? Just do right. it and, you know, do it respectfully. And what, the worst I could say is nothing. Right. <laughs> it's, it's like no skin off your back. Just do it. So. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. So what that means is if I reach out in a few months, sorry in advance, but I'm just taking your advice. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I'll be here. I'll answer you. Don't worry. I appreciate that. And thank you very, very much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Thanks for the opportunity, Adam. Of course. Thank you. Have a good one. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you again, Magdalena, for coming on the show. I had a great time talking to you, and Close Up 360 truly is a really unique company that's doing a different but amazing thing in the sports media landscape, and that takes me into my first of two takeaways from this conversation. The first of these is that I never really stopped to consider that people would be interested in terms of being consumers in what athletes are doing away from sports, in that this podcast is based around interviewing the business side, but Close Up 360 really, really goes deep into their personal lives, away from just what they're doing to earn some extra money. And the fact that Hollywood has had so many brands over decades build million and billion dollar media empires based around following these singers and actors away from their original lines of work, yet sports really haven't followed, doesn't make much sense, but I never really stopped to think about it until this conversation. And as I'm recording this, Matisse Thibel and JaVale McGee have just entered the NBA bubble and they're vlogging their every move, and people cannot seem to get enough of it. And I think that just goes to show that you really can get a deep look into these players' lives, and people will listen. And my second takeaway is that if you want to get into the world of sports, you don't need to do so right away. And I think that it could almost be more beneficial to build up a network, build up connections, and build up a skill set, most importantly, away from sports that you can then bring into the sporting world. And if you want to work with an athlete specifically, like this show is about, you can take whatever skill it is, whether it be investing or film production or something along those lines, and then take what you've learned in another field and then bring that into the athletic world, working with these athletes to bring value to them. And it's not just, I want to work in sports, what can I do? It's, I can do this, now let me bring it to the sporting world. And Magdalena showed that with her connections and with her prowess in film production, and I think it's really, really paying off. And yeah. That's about it. I think those are two great takeaways from this episode. And thank you for tuning in. And I'll be back soon with another great episode of Back Office Out Front.